I'm Justin Roberts of BizJews, and with me today is Time Bank CEO Tarek Karan. Tarek, Time Bank has just recently completed a capital raise with investments from Tencent and CDC Group. Between the two, investing over one billion rand. Simply, what does this mean for Time Bank? Very exciting times. Yeah, thanks for the opportunity, Justin. I agree with you. It's a it's a momentous occasion, right? Not not only for Time Bank, the conviction that people have in our business model, our performance, our strategy, but also for the banking sector, right? It's, it's, it's affirmation that the banking sector is safe, secure, it's growing, and there are areas of it that are innovating. Um, so, so this is exciting for us. It's the conclusion of a quite an extended series B raise, um, which, which uh, has ultimately concluded on a total amount of, uh, of 180 million USD. Tarek, will you be looking to harness the expertise of the likes of Tencent and what they have to offer? And will NASPIS and Process Management or Associates be able to help you on your growth journey? Yeah, I think that's a great question, Justin. Um, the reality is that investors of this magnitude, uh, pedigree and track record have massive networks and have massive expertise. You know, I've I've come to learn, Justin, that you just simply cannot study everything in the world, right? There's just more data over the last 12 months that there's been in the history of the existence of Earth. So the best way to learn is to actually study companies and then to start drawing parallels. And, and what better place to study and, and to gain those insights than from, than from investors of, of, of the scale? So <clears throat> CDC has a stated strategy uh, to invest in infrastructure, including digital infrastructure that will allow it to reach um, underserved communities. And because what we've built at Time Bank uh, is a completely scalable digital bank that services all segments, all demographics, and is able to service low-income segments very profitably, um, that, whilst I cannot speak for our new investors, certainly from my experience of the process, that's been an appeal, and I think that's knowledge that we will harness. On the 10 cent side of things, well, I think we're all familiar with that business, right? They, they, they are one of the world's leading fintech investors, one of the biggest companies in the world. So they have all these experiences, uh, not only in digital businesses, but in digital banks as well more recently. So that expertise, that ability to connect us with networks is, is, is invaluable over and above the capital. Tarek, let's quickly take a step back. How was 2021 with specific focus on performance and growth? Yeah, you know, even if I take a step back, you know, year prior COVID, you know, we, we were on the verge of, of scaling our unsecured lending with, with alternative uh, credit scoring, powering, uh, powering that proposition. <clears throat> we had just concluded a significant deal with the Zion Christian Church uh, the month before Level 5 lockdown started. Um, and as a leadership team, we had to pivot uh, and we had to demonstrate a, a level of resilience um, that we previously didn't need to. <clears throat> now, I think that translated very well. So, yes, it's true that we would have benefited from this um, global phenomenon that you see, which is this organic digital adoption, right? Um, so that's been a natural tailwind. Um, but we've had to innovate our way out of some challenging circumstances, you know. Um, so instead of going longer term unsecured loans, we've gone very short term, buy now, pay later 
and then build data and, and confidence off the back of that by way of example. So last year's financial uh, financial results, we hit all our targets, including our revenue targets. Um, we're still in the J-curve, building up towards break-even. Um, and so there's more of what we're currently doing that's going to get us there. But importantly, diversification into other product lines. Our partnership now with, with TFG, the Fushini Group, is going to be really important uh, to getting us there. You mentioned the J-curve. How important is scale to a business like Time Bank? <clears throat> yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that's, that's a really that's... insightful question. So, you know, we, we continuously, as a startup digital business, we continually find ourselves having to manage this fine balance between impatience for scale and impatience for profitability. Um, and the two things are not mutually exclusive, right? Um, but I think that if you look at the diversity of shareholders around the cap table now, um, it's bringing that diversity of thought and perspective. Uh, and so I'm happy with where that balance is. <clears throat> Scale is critically important, Justin. You know, like any digital business, whether you are a mobile network operator or a e-commerce business or a digital bank for that matter, you really set up for scale from day one. In other words, you have this cost base that you hopefully through a modern data and technology stack will keep under control, which we certainly do, but now you need to hurdle that. And the only way in which you can do that is, is through scale. So you've got to get that balance right. I'd say it's absolutely crucial to our success. You've raised a lot of money through this new round of funding. What's the money going to be used for? Yeah, two things. So, so the first is um, about 30% of it, you know, there's always a level of flexibility here, but, but about 30% of it will be carved out for global expansion through Time Global. Um, the initial market we identified uh, as the first um, foreign jurisdiction outside of South Africa is the Philippines. We've been issued with one of six digital banking licenses there, and we've been building the bank. And that the build of that bank has been accelerated because of the learnings we've had in South Africa. So that deployment's going well. Um, and we're looking at launching in about Q3 next year. But that needs to be funded. So, so that's, that's one component. Locally in South Africa, uh, we've largely been in market the savings and transactional banking. Um, that proposition has been getting richer and richer with time. It's becoming fuller and fuller with time, and we've been making it a better experience for customers. Um, to the extent that the proposition you see in market now is almost irrecognizable of what we had when we launched two and a half years ago. So that's that that will continue, right? You don't just build a, a bank once; you continuously rebuild the bank, so to speak. The other area, Justin, is um, new product development. So I mentioned buy now, pay later, more time, uh, which is really important to us. We've seen that phenomena take real grip um, in other jurisdictions. We just saw uh, a couple of months ago um, uh, the, the Australian uh, buy now, pay later business after pay getting bought by Stripe in, in what was almost a half a trillion rand transaction. That's one fintech buying another fintech. So, uh, but scale is absolutely critical there. And whilst we've recently launched Buy Now Pay Later, we have to onboard uh, a lot more merchants to extend our 
uh, merchant acceptance network. So that's one area of growth that needs to be funded. Another area of growth is that we're getting into other products like um, a very exciting health insurance product that will be coming to market first half next year. Um, we'll also be getting into an interest-free salary advance product. We need to build distribution channels for that. That needs to be funded. And then the opportunity with TFG is massively exciting and it's enormous, right? So TFG not only have over a million loyalty customers, right? Uh, they have a very mature uh, financial services business and they have a growing, rapidly growing e-commerce business. Um, we're also looking to double our physical footprints. So in other words, our kiosk footprint that we have through the ZCC uh, pick and pay in Boxer currently through TFG. Um, so this is massive expansion, both in the physical and in the digital worlds, and that needs to be funded. So, so I think a combination of sort of international expansion through the Philippines with a richer product set and new partnerships in South Africa uh, is, is what that money is earmarked for. We've seen fintech and challenger banks all over the world competing competitively against the traditional banks. When are we going to see the likes of Time Bank and Bank Zero and our local challenger banks really start to affect the bottom line or the top line rather of the traditional banks in South Africa? Yeah, Justin, I you know I wish I was a clairvoyant and and, and I could see you know I I I I think it's a couple of things here. I think one is it it takes a it takes a while to to establish trust in the market, right? Um, now, it is true that South Africa is now largely banked, uh, primarily because of the way we handle um, SASA grant recipients. But for the most part, you're in the multi-bank game. So you're getting customers from the other banks, to, to your point. I, I, I think that it's already happening, Justin. You know, um, even though it's, it's uh, perhaps at a small scale for now, but I think these challenger organizations are knowing a way at different parts of the value chain, right? And it's not only the challenger banks, it's also big tech coming into the space. Well, I think there, there are some, some challenges with establishing trust there. There are fintechs who are aligning themselves with retailers, who are aligning themselves with network mobile operators. And I think it's all just, just fraying away at that customer experience and what the big incumbents sort of obsess about, which is customer ownership. I believe there's no such concept, by the way. Um, so, so I think it's happening. Uh, and I think it's a scale game. And it won't be long before you see it translate into actual financial impact. Last question, Tarek, and of great concern, I'm sure, to yourself. South Africa's economic GDP figures came out earlier today for the third quarter, much worse than expected. Banks traditionally, their performance are proxies to the economies in which they operate. How challenging is the environment right now? Yeah, Justin. Quite frankly, I mean, the the, the economic circumstances breaks my heart. Right? Um, it's it's really tough out there for consumers, for small businesses, as we all know. Um, and you are right that banks' performances are closely correlated um, with macros. However, uh, as a challenger bank, I think. Things are very different um, because your growth trajectory is, is is very different, and you can hone your business in a way into segments that are that are less affected. Now that's what we do, but also we've built a business model, 
and an operating model that's fully translatable across segments um, and, in, and in a profitable way as well. So, so I think that if we continue to make smart decisions, right? In other words, you know, the decision we made with buy now, pay later, for example, right? Build a track record, become recognized as a lender of, 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 of credibility, right? Use that data to get into longer forms of lending. I think if we're continuously being smart around, um, how we distribute, how we use, uh, and augment other forms of data that will continue to see this rapid growth that we've experienced and sustainable rapid growth. So I think the, the, the two things are slightly decoupled uh, for newer organizations that don't have the legacy, uh, that don't have the fear of cannibalizing existing revenue streams uh, than what it is for, for the established banks.